ございます。Hello, it is the standard, the conversation, the blueprint, the CEO, Mercedes Money. And you are listening to Mangu Khan Salami podcast. So make sure you join and listen to it weekly. Welcome back, Steambox and my homies from Highlander Charter School. This is Mangu Khan Salami. Steampunks from Highlander, please say what's up to the world. What what's is up? up? What's up? Thank Hi. You. <laughs> Thank you guys for getting last words in. So that doesn't count as neurodivergent. We're going to actually explore neurodivergence in relationships today. I was so excited when we started sharing with the Katie Brown Educational Program so we could take your conversations about love and romance and actually break it down with professionals. So when they started saying, hey, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with students about the red flags. Or I'd love to have a conversation with students about consent. When Carrie sent me, I'd like to have a conversation with students about neurodivergence in relationships. My response was probably what your first response is. What the hell is that? Right? Like that was my, was that any of your, did any of you have that first response? Like, what is that? Sort of. I don't know. I've like heard the term a lot, but I wasn't fully sure what exactly it meant. Yep. I look, I had to Google it. And when I Googled it, I was like, Yes. We need to have that conversation. If we're sharing these conversations with the world, these are the conversations that we should really be thinking about, right? Because it's easy to talk about consent. It's easy to talk about some of, well, I don't, I'm, again, I'm oversimplifying. It's probably not easy, but it's one thing to talk about consent, but talking about consent with people who think differently might mean something different. Is that true? And what is neurodivergence? First of all, welcome, Kerry. Hi, we're happy to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So um, you were, before you mentioning, really, it's a different way of thinking. And a lot of the time, um, if we kind of were to put people in a box, which you don't want to, but uh, neurotypical, right, would be considered like the normal way of thinking. Like people are able to get from point A to point B without um, needing to figure things out on their own or, you know, <laughs> use tools or resources or um, really have an, any issues getting to the same point as someone else. So if we're looking at somebody that's neurodivergent, their brain works a little bit differently, right? And there are sometimes um, that means that they might communicate a little bit differently. Um, and some ways to like examples of neurodivergence could be like ADHD, um, any sort of learning difference, right? Like dyslexia, dyspraxia, um, really anything that has your mind um, thinking differently than what could typically be the expectation. So, um, so for instance, people are on the spectrum, right? Um, really anything that doesn't fit into the box is normal. Has anyone maybe heard of those different things before? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, neurodivergent is a term that I'm actually still, um, kind of getting used to it myself. And a lot of the time, um, knowing that like, that is like a, a can be like a blanket statement, right. For just kind of thinking differently. And, uh, a lot of people, might like officially like hey like listen this is what happens with my brain like i learn a different way or i communicate a different way or um i approach things a different way um but some people might not even realize that and just might think hey i'm weird or i'm strange or like why do i do that have any of you ever felt like weird or strange for the, some of the reasons that she listed or other yeah all the time honestly in what ways um i just feel like certain habits i've noticed that they don't align with stuff that other people do but most of the time i don't think too much of it i just like notice it like there's some things you you observe that there's some things about you that are not what you would consider normal for other right. people yeah give me an example um 
I can't think of an example off the top of my head. Would you relate to any of the things that she talked about? Like, um, like we talk about how you get up and walk around a lot. Like I'm probably, mm. I'm probably saying you specifically in addition, this is probably too. No, yeah, years. no, I, most of the time when we're recording the podcast, I'm like walking around. Good morning, good morning, interruption. All right. So, uh, you're not a doctor, Carrie, right? No, not, not Dr. Carrie. So we're not diagnosing you with anything but do you think that qualifies like like if we if we were playing doctor like what would we say would we say that that's like an adhd person i'd say maybe because i don't know is it genetic is it possible for that to be genetic so a lot of neurodivergent um you know traits can be genetic there's also some things that people aren't really sure again i'm not a doctor but just knowing from like my own experience um but i i know that a lot of people um might see that in like a a one of the one of the reasons so here's the question and then i want to get to you and you uh but my question is if you're the kind of person who's antsy and who is kinetic and you feel like you want to move around a lot of the times does that mean that the partners that you have your relationships the people that you're dating is that going to be a slightly different experience for them yeah i believe it, it definitely would be because, you know, there's a lot of people that want to just, you know, chill out and just kind of sit there and mellow out. A lot of people don't even want, like, they like to sit in silence. I personally can't sit in silence. It's just, like, stressful and weird to me. So I feel like the, the just the general space, let's say we're living with each other, and I want to have, like, some music playing because I don't like it quiet. And they want it fully quiet because they're, like, working or reading or doing whatever. And I feel like it might bring some clash to the living situation. Let's get weird. Let's say we are living together. Uh, because I'm the person that you made the opposite example of, right? Like I'm the person who I want to be in my boxes playing Xbox and just chill. I want mellow and chill. And my partner is, uh, my girlfriend is the type who wants to be out in nature and walking and I hate the sun. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm that, I'm that opposite. Also growing up, my mom, I grew up in that Southside household where it's always like loud music playing and all this stuff. And I hated it. I hated it. I didn't have peace. So this would mean that you and I would immediately have a barrier, right? Something like a challenge. It doesn't mean that we, we can't work it out because me and my partner are in many ways working it out. But yeah, no, I see that with, you know, in my household because my brother, which is why I asked if it was like genetic in any way, because my brother has ADD, if I'm not mistaken. And I've noticed we have some similar patterns, but also some complete polar opposites in patterns. So, like, you, you, he's kind of similar to the way you described yourself. So, I come into the house, and I'm, like, energetic, and I'm, like, pretending to, like, shadow box him. Not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Drives me crazy. Right. He just he basically tells me to go away. I, lo- I love you. I know you feel my love. As a person, not in this fake example of we're living right. together and the, when I said, let's get weird. No, I do <laughs> love you. Like, we're, we're great. I adore you. But those are the kind of things, those are the kind of yeah. things, those things would drive get me. get annoying after a while for both parties. Involved. Carrie, I'm going to come back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, no, that's totally fine. Um, And I just think that having those little kind of things that the quirks, right, or different things about you. Um, that can seem definitely annoying to people and almost in the beginning of the relationship, oh, like maybe that's cute or maybe that's like what makes them unique. And like over time, if you might not understand like why this person is, um, you know, able to kind of get it all out by listening to a lot of music or why they need that quiet time or that space, um, it can come off the wrong way, right? There can be a big miscommunication. 
Go ahead. Actually, that's actually happened to me before, but I didn't realize that until like two seconds ago because there's been moments where things in the beginning of the relationship are like, oh, that's nice. And then later on, <laughs> it's like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you still doing that? And I was like, I don't know. Um, I, I can't wait to hear your recommendations, but one of the reasons I was so excited after I, after I Googled neurodivergence and came to understand it, one of the reasons I was so excited is because I, I bet, Diego, that there might have been relationships that you were in or will be in where you guys didn't even realize it or understand it. And I bet our audience, I bet our audience, and we have a wide audience. I still don't understand it, <laughs> but I bet many of them have been in relationships where they haven't even considered that some of their relationships have challenges just because they think in non-typical ways. So I'm going to come back to you for advice in a little bit. I wanted to hear from you. Uh, for me, I was going to relate to you when you said you wanted to sit down and just play video games and be mellow. Yeah, but most of the games I play would not allow that. Oh, no, of course. No, I'm blowing up cars, people's cars in Rocket League, and I'm yelling at 12-year-olds all the time in my house. So I know I'm, I, I say I'm one thing, and then I'm probably you know yelling and flipping out in my own way. Uh, but yeah, I can relate. But then, but then we have to think about if we're those people and then we date our ideal, like our version of a beautiful on the inside and outside person, but who has personality traits like Diego or thinks differently like Diego, we have to figure out how we can manage that and compromise. Billy, what'd you want to add? Uh, that the getting up and walking around thing, it's something that I have and I, do, and I am diagnosed with ADHD like when I'm home alone I cannot have it quiet I will go up into my room and zone out to music but I can't stay still I will like walk aimlessly around my room because I can't be still I have to be doing something with my hands or just anything I have to be doing something at all times there are nine students in this podcast right now and if two of them voluntarily already we've only heard from three if two of them voluntarily already said you know um I have uh, one of one's been diagnosed and one maybe hasn't been diagnosed, but is, is relating to tendencies of ADHD, then how much of our audience, this is two thirds of the people who've spoken so far, mm. uh, how much of our audience can probably relate to this? And that's why, that's why I thought it was so dope. What are some things that we can do? That awareness is I'm hoping one. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of the time now we're hearing the word like neurodivergent, like what does that mean? Um, but understanding that it's going to look different for everybody, right? If we put like ADHD and we say, okay, they're, you know, they might be walking around a lot or they might be, um, you know, uh, thinking differently the way they approach things with time management, it's going to look different for everyone. So knowing that um, that's still hard to, we can't put people in a box just because we're saying that, hey, they have some neurodivergence. Um, but I think that communication is definitely one, knowing that the way that somebody chooses to communicate or is comfortable communicating what that could look like um, and even like love languages. Does anybody know of like what the typical love languages could look like? Uh, I know a few, but good. Maybe cuddling, touching, the way you say to you. What did you say? Like, there are different types of love languages. She's right. There are different types of love languages. Like, they can be like, they're very touchy with this one person. Like, you love hard, cuddling, body, whatever. So that's one type, right? Physical touch. Physical and giving. Boom. Words of affirmation. Quality to listen. And uh, is there another one? Look, hold. Go ahead. There's, we're missing one, right? Which one? 
Give me a second. I'm, you, you've got it. This is excellent podcast material. I don't mean to, I don't mean to poke fun. I just love that you were, uh, I love that you were jumping in. The two of you were making a list. So what did we have so far? Uh, gift giving. Gift words giving. Words of affirmation. Physical touch. Yeah. Quality time. Gift giving, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time. Mental thingy. Like mental something. Conduction. <laughs> yeah. Psychic uh, link. Yeah. Psychic link is obviously the fifth one. Telepathy. Yeah. Telepathy is definitely yes, a love language. Telepathy, I think, would be a lo love language if more people had it. And that would definitely be uh, a neurodivergent path. Actually not real. I guess. I wouldn't say definitely not real. Relating to them and being able to do things that you're both Um, The government like debunked it. psychic. Are we, are we missing one? So, you know, what's interesting is that I actually didn't know that these were considered love languages until very recently when um, one of my uh, co-educators had told me, and I was like, what? Like that, that to me didn't show up because I think of love language for um, folks that are neurodivergent might look completely different. Um, and I'm definitely a touchy person. Like if I get in a relationship with someone, I, I want to like hold hands, like I want to be able to touch. I cannot, I would not want to not do that. I'm weird because it depends on the person. It depends on who I'm with because you can be some guy like and you could like touch me and I'll be like, hey, but let's say you could be a very close friend and I'll let you because I'm used to you. It depends on the person for me. It always depends on the person. It, it's the same thing, but like if it's someone that I'm in a relationship with, I need to be able to do that. I'm going to go over the five and then I've got a question for Diego. So the five, uh, according to Google, are acts of service, physical touch. Yeah, I think we were confusing it because we were talking about gift giving, which seems very similar to acts of service, but then there's receiving gifts. So we combined the two and that's why we came up with four. So acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time and receiving gifts. So I'm going to come right to you in a second. If we're talking about physical touch and you're saying that's something that you're down with, if you are OK with the person in that way, Diego, is physical touch yours? I'd say so. I just not even just in relationships, but I feel like in general, I'm very touchy. I'm wondering if there's a pattern developing where maybe our neurodivergence dictates a little bit or influences our love languages. Because for people who, um, for people who are hyperactive and moving a lot, uh, those are the people in my life who I know who are more touchy than others. Right. So it makes sense to me that that's yours. Um, what did you want to say? Um, to be honest, I'm wondering, like, who's searching these up to, like, like say, like, someone is in a relationship and it's their first time. Do you search up thing? Like, <laughs> oh, I just, like, you go on WikiCow, how to resolve a fight with my girlfriend. Like, does someone <laughs> search that up? Yes. You're the Texas session. Let me ask you a question, because the question I wanted to ask was, do you search things up? Right. I wanted to flip that question on you and wonder if you guys search things up. Oh. But it's so obvious to me that I literally Google everything. My question for you instead is the opposite. My question is, do any of you not search things up? I search everything. Me? So... You don't search things don't up. You don't search things up. I will up. forget that I tend search things up. The two best friends in the room have a pact. They're not searching things up. To hell with Google. To hell with chatbot. I just uh, forget that I can. 
a lot of people do. Honestly, I'm not like, well, well, that's been changing a little bit, but I'm not like super spiritual or anything. Yeah. But like my solution is to sit down and really think. Like I sit down and think to myself and kind of walk myself through everything. And if I can't come up with a solution, I'm not going to like Google got my back, but I've never had to do that so far. Google got your back. Do you, since, since this was you talking, do you search things up? I don't think I will. I do not believe in searching things up, especially like people from Reddit, Twitter, <laughs> all those kinds of people. They're the people that ruin. Do not get it. Say like, if you say, oh, wait, who goes to the comment section to search things up? You don't search things up for the comment section. Bro, you, need to get a good you need to put on like toxic uniforms. Uh, I know my girlfriend lives on Reddit, right? Like she lives on Reddit. I understand that. But like, no. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forums. To, like I'm talking about like actually like Google, right? Because and 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 you guys don't know this, and this is a whole nother podcast, so I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole too much. But if you use chatbot, like that has an algorithm where it searches through books, it searches through everything at its disposal, and it can give you every level of expertise. And sometimes it's wrong, but usually it has a lot of really important things. Another thing that you had mentioned is uh when you said who, I thought you were asking about who comes up with the love languages. Uh, that was a book by Gary Chapman, and I imagine there was a lot of research into it, not on Twitter. You know what I mean? In addition to Twitter. Who's Gary Chapman? He's the dude who wrote the book. Thank you for asking. Nice. Um, so I'm, so I'm going to ask you real quick. Uh, I listed five love languages. I'll list them again real quick. Acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts. Which one of those can you identify with the most? Physical touch. I do. Acts of service. Physical touch, words of affirmation, which means when people say nice things to you. Uh, quality time, spending a lot of quality time with you, or receiving gifts. What do you think? Can I go to three? Yeah, go ahead. Um, physical touch, words of affirmation, and quality time. Hmm. I you, you guys agree? Did you have one yet? Free. She said, she said, she said, quality time. Where's the affirmation and physical touch? That's the same. They always want to assume. Oh, oh, are you saying that we have a love match? No, no, no. Carrie, what would you say is yours? So, um, again, I didn't learn about those specific ones until recently. And I kind of was like, okay, well, let me see where I can kind of like look at it. Right. And I kind of landed on words of affirmation. But then also understanding that neurodivergent love languages could actually be completely different. Okay. So we're looking at things like info dumping, right? Which is when you're just talking about things that are really important to you, you really care about. Um, they, the other person might absolutely have no idea, no interest in, but um, being able to share, right, and talk about that. Same. Another one could actually be um, body doubling, too. Has anybody heard of body doubling? Yeah. Or like. So, um, <laughs> so we're not talking about actually like making another person, but just, um, so sometimes for, I noticed this for me, for instance, when, um, I'm trying to get something done or working just by having another like human being in the same room, sometimes having a conversation or sometimes just being there, I actually feel more productive and I feel like, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I can have my, I do not want to have my friend on my phone and I feel better. Like I feel like I could get it done better because i'm talking and i'm doing different things yeah or even if they're not actually like a part of that conversation right sometimes just listening to somebody else's conversation like now okay now i'm able to focus more or now i you know feel more comfortable doing what i need to do 
So there are types of neurodivergence that clash then, I would imagine, because the same type of things, uh, the same type of behaviors that you're talking about where, uh, would you call the, the word dumping? Info dumping? Info dumping. Uh, that would probably clash with an introvert. An introvert might have barriers where it's like a lot. You know what I mean? Um, and that's not to say that if you're in a relationship like that, get out. We're not saying that. But we're saying that you have to understand that those are two areas where you're very different. Yeah, for sure. And I think that just communication in general, knowing that um, that can look a little bit different, right? Um, some um, people, I know this, this noticed this with myself before, where you might say something and then it's quickly interpreted or like understood as something completely different than what you meant to say. And if that's the other person isn't giving you a chance to like explain yourself and say, no, this is actually what I meant. And they're just assuming that that can really, um, you know, obviously lead to some issues if one person's trying to say one thing and then it's misunderstood or. Me yeah. I've, I've seen this. I've seen this in relationships. I'm old and I've been in uh, I've been in probably a few relationships and I, I've seen this in relationships. And I think what's so important is something that you said earlier. When you were talking about, well, how do people find this out? Do, do people Google this stuff, right? Like, is that normal? One, uh, I think we've concluded that it... I think we've concluded that it is kind of normal, right? Like, uh, from I think most of the room said that that's something that we do. That's something that... And, and I think it's probably a tool that you might even use more and more in the future. But also, when I was in your position... Because of toxic masculinity, I was trained and conditioned before your age that I have to go out and get girls, right? Multiple girls, right? That's this part of toxic masculinity that my kind of Latino grew up in. I'm not saying all Latinos or anything like that, but I'm saying my neck of the Latino hood, right? Like woods, thank you. Um, yeah, so, but those, but we didn't have answers. We didn't have answers to a lot of questions that we had, right? Like, um, What's, what should I expect out of a first kiss? What should I expect out of the, the, my partner? What are some of the challenges that we're going to have? And there's a lot of things that when I talk to students and they say, I wish I learned this stuff in school, and they're not talking about romance, they're talking about taxes and other stuff. But these are a lot of things that I think is so beautiful that you guys invented Mangu Kon Salami, this particular podcast, because we can have those conversations that you are asking about and you, so that people don't have to Google. Like people are listening, you guys are setting that standard for a lot of our audience, which I think is dope. Wouldn't it just be faster to just like search it up instead of listening to it? Yeah, but you're not Googling, so so, why are, Google? so get it get it how you can. Also, uh, Google's a computer, and sometimes uh, it, it's an algorithm, right? It's an algorithm. How it's different and probably more of a right answer. And people are getting humans sharing their experience. And that's why we have the Katie Brown educational program on because nobody here would, uh, you guys might front like your professionals. You guys might uh, have that riz, right? Is that the word that y'all talk about? Y'all might have that. Thank you. Um, yeah, but I, that's why I appreciate being able to have these conversations. What, what other types of, are there other types of neurodivergence that, We've like, are there other ways that we feel like we think differently? I talk to myself a lot. I talk to myself like, yo, I, oh, I didn't want to say, I, I feel like say full blown conversation. So if you were in a relationship with somebody, right? Like maybe you went on a first date and like they didn't notice that, right? But maybe a couple more dates down the road 
and you know you're out somewhere and they like see that you're talking to yourself like how could that end up like what could happen oh um, i'm just gonna keep on talking to myself that's really yeah. probably not my gotta control yeah. a real one <laughs> they could probably think you're mentally ill well personally <laughs> me like my friends tell me but like yo i heard you speaking to yourself bluntly yeah i do that and i what uh, i imagine things in the future like what what happened let's say in an argument I'm in the shower thinking about what the argument might look like and I'm thinking about what I would say in the argument. Stuff like that, you know what I mean? So I have a question. What would be weirder, talking to yourself out loud or in your head? I feel like it would be Congress weirder out loud. out loud. Because when they hear you, like, we would talk to you, stupid. But like, from an outside perspective. <laughs> no, like, actually, I could be in my room and I'll be sitting in front of the mirror like, dang, my hair did not come out right. Like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And then my mom will like walk past and she'll turn back. She's like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so, so I'll just be like, oh, my bad. So some people, it, when you said, when when you were saying that some people might think there's something mentally wrong with you, that you're mentally ill, um, don't forget that we're talking about how neurotypical people think, right? Like, or that's redundant. Um, people who think in typical ways, if you are thinking ways that are not typical, that looks at the least if, a little bit confusing. It looks at least, yes, confusing, weird, different, right? And and possibly uh like there's something mentally weird or different about you. But also No, I was speaking of how it looks different and weird, I was talking to my friend and he doesn't have a thinking voice. And I was like, What? What do you mean you don't have a thinking voice? Hold on. Uh, Carrie's nodding her head yes, and I'm nodding my head no. Because, like, what the hell is a thinking voice? So, like, you don't have a deep voice. Your voice in your head that you could, like, like an inner monologue. Yeah, right. right. Like, what's, yeah, going, on what's going on? Like, this is what I'm going to do now, and this is you don't have it. So, no, no. I, I of course, have it, but I assume, I assume that everybody has it. So, when we said a normal thinking voice, I was thinking, is it a different voice? Like, is it like, hello? Today, I this no, you know what I mean, like no. like a dubbed anime or something. I, no, not like, see <laughs> I I had assumptions in this conversation. I had assumptions in this conversation uh, when we were talking about people talking to themselves. My assumption was that everybody talks to themselves, but some people probably do it a lot more. And people, some people do it obsessively and obsessing over their thoughts. And that's where and that's where it's uh, neurodivergent versus neurotypical. Um, and that's the conversation I thought we were having. But you're telling me that some people do not have yeah, conversations with them. Why are different? And I was like, what? What, what? So I asked him to read something, and it, it like I noticed it took him longer because he doesn't have that voice telling him what it says. So, so it's different. Uh, are we talking about a person with no thoughts? I don't know. I, I couldn't fully delve into it, but like it just shocked me how different the brain itself was. Just thinking at all times. I see you, I'm sorry. Uh, you were definitely next and I, I bypassed okay. you. Something I realized about like a thinking, a thinking voice is like, sometimes you like, you don't use your brain. You like speak it, but you're not like, you're moving your mouth, but you don't feel it since it's like tiny. So yeah. like you move your mouth, but it's a very, it's a very, like it's little. Like Messiah's? Huh? Right me. Like, I think out loud. Like, I'm thinking, and then I find out later that I'm speaking it. Whatever, but notice. So, so I'm going to go So I'm gonna go back to Carrie for uh, what does she think about that? Like, what does she think about, like, when um, 
when people are uh, talk to themselves out loud? Like, how does that affect their partner? What are things that we can do about it? What are some other things that we should think about as we're wrapping up? Because we've only got a few minutes left. Before I do that, is there somebody that I've heard from less today who has thoughts and would like to share? My half of the room has been a little quieter. Uh, okay, I just wanted to double check and make sure you guys had a chance. Um, why are you touching those? Is that like a sign to me that like, is that like a please go on? Uh, so, so Carrie, we're talking about, uh, and, and I, think, I, I think we're talking about people who think obsessively and probably work those thoughts out a lot in inner and outer monologues. Um, does that affect relationships? And what, what else besides that should we be thinking about? What have your experiences been? And how should our young dating audience be approaching dating neurodivergent people? Yeah, so I think that it's interesting about like the talking out loud kind of thing. And um, that is some ways, you know, people are able to kind of like work through a situation or whatever, and it helps to do it out loud. I mean, you might even see um, some folks that are neurodivergent, um, you know, kind of like stem, right? So maybe they're like um, saying the same thing over again or repeating what you're saying or something like that. So that helps them to, you know, process things in their brain um, or that's a comfort thing. So if you find that, um, the way that some people think when, you know, maybe that they're comfortable first, um, you know, when they're not talking to themselves or something, there's actually um, kind of like the idea of like a mask, right? Masking. So if um, you go on a date with somebody and, you know, maybe they look a certain way, they're acting a certain way, and then maybe a couple more dates, you might notice that, okay, well now like there's something like some quirky things about them or they're not um, really you know, acting the way that they were on their first date. And some people don't even realize. Carrie, that. I've yeah. literally gone on dates and told myself, try to act like a human. <laughs> try to human. What would a human do? Right. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, sometimes like I, I know that, you know, when I've gone on dates before, maybe trying to like overcompensate, right? Like, okay, like I need to look normal, right? How do I look normal? Even if I don't normally wear like makeup or I don't normally like get all dressed up like I'll feel like what can I do to appear like a normal person right and feeling like um you know I'm not gonna always get dressed up I'm not gonna always wear makeup so what happens on you know like later on this person's like hey like why don't you always do that or um you know why are you now kind of like talking to yourself all the time right or thinking out loud or um the way that you're reacting to things right maybe this is too loud this is too um you know too much. Is there one key thing that we should take away and think about? Yeah, I think it would just be um, knowing that not everybody even realizes that they are neurodivergent, but just being patient and just be respectful and just um, really work on that communication, knowing that everyone communicates in a different way. Everyone sees the world in a different way um, and try your best to put yourself in the shoes of others. And I think a lot of neurodivergent folks already do that because you're, you know, empathetic. You see the world in a different way. Would you want to add? So I was curious, do you think people should, like, if they're curious, do you think it's best to try and get diagnosed? Um, You know what? That really depends on, I mean, it, you're looking for a di an understanding of diagnosis to be like, okay, what resources do I need? Plenty of people go through life um, being undiagnosed or maybe even given the wrong diagnosis. 
I mean, I wasn't actually diagnosed with some of this stuff till I was an adult. But I think it's part of understanding like what tools and what resources do I need to help me to be successful? Um, you know, what can I do to help, you know, uh, get through the day or, you know, manage my time or things like that. Thank you for answering it that way, because some people seek diagnosis and it is possible to get wrong diagnosis. Uh, I know that you can say certain things for doctors to just like shut you up and just give you pills or whatever and and do their thing. There's actually I don't want to get into the doctor thing, but uh, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate because, yes, I, on one hand, yes, you should understand yourself as much as possible and it'll be easier to relate to your partner. But on the other hand, seeking a diagnosis can be tricky for reasons that you mentioned. What do you want to say? Quickly, check the time. Oh, uh, we're on time. Uh, so uh, I want to also thank the Katie Brown Educational Program for guiding us through this. Can you tell us quickly where we can find out more information about the Katie Brown Educational Program? Yeah, for sure. You can go to kbep.org um, and you know, can also follow us on our um, socials as well. This has been another groundbreaking podcast about love and romance, young love and romance from my young people at Highlander Charter School. Steampunks from Highlander Charter School, you are doing the best work. Please say peace out to the world. Adios. Oh, adios. <laughs>